think this is so, something that is very common in, in everybody, like uh, in any profession. Uh, you encounter these blocks which you put yourself or somebody else puts in you, somebody else tells you you can't or this is, you're not doing this good or whatever and, and suddenly you start like diminishing yourself and, and thinking that it's not possible. But um, nowadays I'm so open to everything is possible that uh, I just, uh, when I get an idea, I try to make it possible and that's it. Today I'm talking to Claudio Constantini about his love for playing piano and bandonian. Good morning, Claudio. It's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Hi, Petra. Great pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure. I saw you on, on Instagram. You are doing a lot of work. Um, you're posting such wonderful work um, with the piano and the, I must say, bandonian, and I thought it was the the accordion but it's a bandonian yeah yeah it's a, a similar kind of instrument but it's i mean they come from the same family they're free reed instruments that means that they produce sound in the same way but uh the technique to play them is different and also the materials are different the dimensions are different and that makes of course the sound to be quite different now is it as is it smaller than the accordion then Yes, well, there's many types of accordions. So there's there are very small accordions, which are smaller than a bandonian. But the concert accordion, if uh, a, a concert artist who plays an accordion usually plays very big accordion, which is three times bigger than a bandonian and also weighs three times as much. Now, is it a bandonian? Is it a, a traditional instrument to Spain? Or uh, where does it come from? No, uh, the bandonian is a German instrument. It was invented in Germany. It was invented by uh, Heinrich Band. That's why it, uh, well, it was actually patented by Heinrich Band, uh, and he named it Bandonian after his last name. And uh, it was invented around the turn of the 19th century, so 1850, a bit before 1850. Uh, and it was invented to, uh, it's not act, absolutely sure what the reason for the Bandonian was, but it, uh, other than just a nice different instrument, you know, similar to an accordion or to a concertina. It developed from the concertina, which is smaller, and uh, it, it was supposed to perform music from that area uh, in Germany, like folk music from that area, and also the music that people played at home and on the piano or on the guitar and the violin. So uh, classical music and all these kind of, uh, of things. And uh, it went uh, somehow with um, with immigrants, it arrived to Argentina, and in Argentina it uh, went inside the tango music culture. So tango existed already, but the bandonian uh, arrived, and it suddenly took the highlight. It took the the place uh, of all the other instruments. I mean, it became the most important instrument for tango music. So uh, it was not as used in Germany as it was in Argentina. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, it's these two complete different cultures, the um, Argentinian very lively and the tango and the German folk music is not, I mean, yeah, it's lively, but I mean, it's it's really two different cultures who, who are now, yeah, playing this instrument. That's yeah, so very different. Yeah. But now, what was it what that intrigued you to play the instrument? Because you're a pianist. You also yeah. play the piano. Yes, 
Yes, I was a pianist uh, when I discovered the bandonian. I discovered it in a, in a CD, in an album. Uh, I was living in my home country, Peru. I'm from Peru. And um, my parents were musicians. My father was a pianist and my mother is a conductor. And they have they had many, many albums, uh, vinyls, long plays, you know, these big ones. And uh, yeah. And I used to put them and discover new music all the time. And uh, they had one of Astor Piazzolla, which is uh, the most famous bandonianist uh, in history. And uh, I loved the music. I had never played it before. And I had never heard the instrument before, because in Peru, in my country, it's not a very well-known instrument. Some people play accordion, but not bandonian. And, and as I said, the sound is particularly different. And also the type of music played with it is usually also uh, specifically tango or, or other types of music. And I loved the instrument from the very first moment I heard it. Um, but I couldn't get one until I was older. I was 21 when I got my first Andonian. And um, and I started playing on my own, learning on my own. Of course, I was a pianist already, so that helped a lot. But it's still a new instrument, so I had to um, I had to learn everything on my own. And I was living in Finland at that time, which is uh, way far north, and uh, there was no Andonianist in the in the area, so. Uh, and no internet either. I, I mean, there was internet, but I, YouTube didn't exist, and and so all so many things that now are much more available uh, didn't exist. So I really didn't have any, almost any information about the instrument or how to play it or any references. So I had to begin on my own. Amazing. And you say that because you're a pianist, it it helped, but. Yeah, the, the coordination is also a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's totally different. Uh, it's absolutely different. The only thing that helps um, as a pianist, well, the, the main thing that helps is, of course, that I already know music. I know how to read music yeah. and to interpret it. So I have a musical background and a musical taste. Uh, so I can probably be more aware of certain details than somebody who hasn't been trained in music yet. Uh, and the dexterity, so that means the, the quickness and the reflexes of my fingers. So, of course, the piano music, classical music, which I uh, is my my background is in classical piano music. Um, it's very complex, highly complex music uh, for the mind and for the fingers. It's very virtuosic many times. So you have to develop uh, quite much speed and muscle reflexes and memory so that's something that helps quite a lot with the with the bandonian because i already have certain techniques which are not the same in in the piano as in the bandonian but i can somehow translate and apply to, to them so that was an aid but but of course the layout of the keyboard and you cannot see the keyboard when you play because it's on the sides and all the layout everything the way how you produce the sound with e with the air and with the body and with the arms is completely different so i had to learn that yeah yeah and you say using the body with that as well this is also something you know i spoke to a, a violinist the other day and we all almost forget how physical it is to play an instrument mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So all these movements must have, they must be specific technique to the movements to get the specific sound. So did you get 
to do lessons then to to um to learn that or like is it what, much sorry? did you have lessons then to learn how to apply lessons. the body to this instrument well um eventually when i um it was in 2006 when i moved to holland so i had been playing the bandonian for five years already and i could play it already i already gave concerts and and all that but um there were many technical things which i still hadn't developed because i didn't have uh, a reference a teacher i had never seen anybody else play bandonian live so i was the only bandonian that i knew and my instrument was the only Amazing. bandonian i had ever seen in my life so the first time I saw other bandonianists was when I moved to Holland. I moved there to study a master degree in piano, but uh, in Rotterdam, in the city where I used to live, um, there is a world music department, and inside the world music department, there's a tango department, and they used to, I mean, they still uh, teach tango music there, and they teach bandonian, and uh, so I took lessons there. Uh, for a year with a teacher who, who is uh, one of the greatest bandonianists in, in the world. His name is Victor Villena. He's from Argentina, but he lives in Europe. And um, he taught me specifically many things about the body, about how to use the body to get a proper sound, you know, because bandonian is an instrument which is not attached to your body, but it's mobile. So it's not like the piano that it's there, the weight is on the floor, so you just have to uh, press the keyboard. No, you don't just have to, of course, it's much more complex than that, yeah. but you don't have to um, deal with the movement of the instrument itself in order to produce sound. In other instruments, you you do, and in bandonian, you especially do because it has a bellow, it's really mobile, so you need to have a good control of it in order to produce the sound, a, a nice sound. It's very easy yeah. to um produce an uneven sound because any movement that you do will translate into that you know it's like it, when you're talking if you're talking and uh, and you're jumping uh, your voice is changing all the time because your body is moving your instrument the, the vocal cord is moving with the air so it's affecting how the sound comes out from you so it's exactly the same in the bandonian the bellows are like the uh, where the air is uh, being compressed or pulled or pushed and um any movement you do will show so that's something that uh that's one of the most difficult things actually in the in bandonian once you've learned the keyboard is to learn how to control the sound to produce a, a nice sound to a beautiful sound that's very difficult this is amazing because you use your whole body then yeah, you, do. you actually yeah. do yes because uh, the bandonian is on your legs it's placed on your legs well it you can play sitting down or you can play standing up. I play in both ways, depending on the type of music I play. And uh, in any case, it's either on one leg if you stand up or in two legs if you are sitting down. Uh, so the legs have to be very well coordinated uh, so that the bandonian has a, a good shape when you are doing it, that it's not like uh, too bent, you know, like a worm. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and you have to, of course, uh, properly use the pressure that you you do with your arms. So that it's coming all the way from the hands to, to the to the, um, shoulder. The, the shoulder, shoulder yeah, yeah. to the shoulder. Exactly. And of course, your 
your back and the, your posture and everything is uh, very important. Like in any instrument, you know, every instrument has its own yeah. uh, physical um, characteristics, which you have to adapt so that you can make the most out of it. Mm. But can you now play uh, accordion? Is it the same type of technique or is it a different no. technique? It's not. Not at all. Not at all. It's um, really? absolutely different. I could play an accordion if it's a piano accordion. So... Oh, okay. That means a, a keyboard that looks like yeah. a piano. I could play this hand, just the right hand, but the left hand is always completely different because the bass register, it, it has its own techniques. I I couldn't. Well, this is so interesting that you uh, you know that you just assume because this is what I when I saw it, you just assume it's the same. It looks like the same type of instrument, and you just assume well. It's one of those, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like if you can play a violin, you cannot play a cello or a double bass, you know? It's yeah, a, yeah. A string instrument, but it's a different thing. Yeah, but I, uh, it's also when I spoke to the violist, you know, we, I said, can you play the violin? And it, well, yeah, but not as you had, you know, as you're supposed to play the violin because you, it's the different technique and the, the different way of playing it yeah. but um you also now play it together with a piano i see you mean at the same time yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. how do you manage that because now you have to use your body in two different ways yeah well it's um it's something that i started doing for fun uh, as a challenge and uh it developed into something i did do a little bit more sometimes in, in some concerts i play i play like this of course you're much more limited in both instruments because you can only play in one hand with the bandone and one with the piano and uh there's a limit to the amount of movements you can do but i always try to stretch and stretch and stretch that limit as much as i can um I got a special strap which I put around my leg so that I can hold the bandonian in place. That helps um, with, especially with the control of the air. You know, like what I was saying uh, before. Um, you really need to use the body to control the air, and uh, in this case, you can't because you, the half of your body is playing the piano. So uh, that's kind of a substitute. When you strap it to your leg, then it's fixed. The mandolin is fixed, and then so you just have to push or pull with one hand, and it makes it a little bit uh, more viable. But it's it's certainly not easy. But it's it's lots of fun to do and to try to to play some pieces like this. Yeah. yeah, but do you think it's because you? I mean, you started learning to play the um, bandonian on your own, so you had to experiment and you had to teach yourself. Do you think you are that, or that's why you are inclined to to challenge it a little bit more, or to try different things that you that you have this freedom, or that you develop this courage to sort of do it? Um, I'm not sure what you what. I mean, do you think you so? You you you've um, now taught yourself because you said for five years you had to teach yourself to play yeah. the bandonian. And now, um, because it's it's difficult to do something when you when you teach yourself in the sense that there's no rules, there's no nobody to correct you all the time or to yeah. to put boundaries there for you. So, yeah. do you think this is why you 
can now say, so, well, I'm going to challenge to see if I can play the piano. I see what you mean. I see what yeah. you mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure if that's the reason. Um, I remember once I saw uh, many years ago a badonianist who also plays the piano very well uh, to do this as like a kind of musical interlude, a musical joke, not joke, but something like really flashy, you know, like a stunt oh, yeah. in a yeah. concert, uh, just a li little piece. And I thought, uh, oh, that's impossible to do. And I, uh, I don't think, well, I just thought it's impossible. And once I was speaking with a friend uh, who's actually um, a very famous opera singer whose name uh, is Erwin Schrott, who lives in Vienna, where you live. Oh, yeah. And um, he, we used to play together quite a lot. We still play together sometimes. And um, he challenged me one day to, to do it. He told me, um, in, actually, right before a concert, he told, he told me, uh, in this concert, you're going to play, you're going to accompany one song you're going to accompany me in one song uh playing both at the same time so oh, really? i said okay <laughs> okay and this was a big opera house in budapest you know the opera house there and it, it was not a, it was an important big concert with lots of people and i had never tried it before and i said okay so let's do it and i went i did it and i thought after all it's possible so it, yeah. the limit is in my mind when i say this is not possible to do. I'm immediately, you know, tagging this as impossible, but um, I didn't even think it through. And uh, this is one of the many things that I've um, encountered in my life that uh, that are actually just a construction of my own mind uh, to live yeah. in myself, to somehow sabotage the, the possibilities that I might have. And I think this is a, something that it's very common in, in everybody, like uh, in any profession, uh, you encounter these blocks which you put yourself or somebody else puts in you, somebody else tells you you can't or this is you're not doing this good or whatever, and, and suddenly you start like diminishing yourself and, and thinking that it's not possible. But um, nowadays, I'm so open to everything is possible that uh, I just, uh, when I get an idea, I try to make it possible and that's it or I make it possible immediately I don't even try <laughs> so that that's kind of my, it became my philosophy after these kind of things after proving myself that it's possible to play piano and dandelion at the same time and make it sound nice because of course you could you can do it and and make it sound awful so if I can actually do this and and make it sound nice then it's um it's it's just in in my head and my willpower yeah well, I, I always like uh, things to be a little bit more um, unconventional, you know, like you did it as well. And I think sometimes it's needed, you know, to to not just be stuck in uh, in a way that everybody else is doing it. So mm. it's wonderful that you are, you know, that you were able to do that. But it's also good mm. when somebody challenges you. Mm -hmm. they need, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need that. You Sometimes need, you that, need that to to to, as I said, to realize that you can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now you're saying that you played with um, Aaron Schrott. Um, do you accompany singers a lot? No, not so much. Um, okay. I I work with him. He's a good friend, and uh, it's because uh, well, we we started with a show which is. Um, 
uh, it's called it was called um rojo tango and uh, he it, he play, we played a lot with this uh, with this show around the world actually and um uh, he initially called me of course because i played the Vendonian for this show and uh, and the the subject of the show was tango music so Vendonian was necessary mm-hmm. and uh after that it we got such a good relationship that we continued doing other projects which were not necessarily involved with tango. Now we do a show which is it has some Latin American music but also some opera in it and I play piano and bandoneon as well. Uh, we'll be playing in Austria soon, not in Vienna, but uh, I don't remember the name of the city, but in March we will play a concert in, in oh, Austria really? with him, yeah. And, Maybe I'll tell you later, so in case you you'd like yeah, to see yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And um, that that's like a special project. So I, it's not that I play a lot with singers, but um, I mostly play solo. I I mostly play my own projects, so instrumental music on my own in a recital or with an orchestra um, or with an ensemble as soloist. And sometimes I do collaborations. So Erwin and 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 his uh, opera style is one collaboration I do. There's another singer I play with uh, sometimes in Spain, who is Jose Manuel Zapata. He's a very famous tenor here in Spain, a very good one, and also quite unconventional because he also mixes up his program. And so um, I'm frequently um, asked to perform, to collaborate with artists who are a little bit out of conventional. Oh, yeah, um, I yeah, can imagine. Which, which yeah. is, really, is really nice because um, uh, for me and for them, because for them I can do a wide uh, variety of genres. Because I play so many genres, I can play jazz, I can play some Latin music, some tango, I can play classical music, and so it, for them it's really it opens up a lot of possibilities for them. So because usually musicians specialize in only one thing, one genre, and um, or one instrument or one type of uh, music. So. And of course, there's absolutely nothing bad with it. Every, all of us have uh, a different path and different interests. So, but uh, the point is that um, I'm asked to perform with uh, people who go with a little bit out of the conventional yeah. style. So this is uh, because of my artistic personality. That's amazing. Yeah, I can I can really imagine that. But I wanted to ask you about the genres. That is there is there. Uh, have you experimented also with the Bandonian in in these different genres? Because you were yeah. talking about tango music and uh, maybe uh, German music, but what would and and now you're mentioning jazz as well. Yes. So you you really try to to um, do different genres then. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm uh, it it varies a lot uh, depending on the era i mean on the the, the time and the project i'm having in a specific yeah. time so now i'm uh, doing a project of recording bach's music on bandonian so now it's mainly classical music i'm playing on the bandonian uh last year my album was uh, jazz and so i played uh, jazz jazz fusion and my own composition on the bandonian and uh, so it de- really depends on the project I'm working on at the, in, in that moment. So the only condition is that I absolutely love the music and that I have a, a urgency of playing it. So it doesn't have to do with the style necessarily, but just with the, the type of music that I want to do or to create at that moment. 
So style and genre is not uh, at all a, a box or a limit for me. For me, it's all united. Okay. And mm. now with the Bach music, you have to do the arrangements now for for the Vandonian because yes. Yeah, and yes, you can yes, yes. you do it yourself. I do it myself, uh, but there's very little to arrange actually because oh, okay. I, I try to keep it as close as possible to the original uh, score, and the only things that I change uh, are things of the register. So because, for example, in some music for the keyboard, uh, the the keyboard in his time, like the cembalo or the organ, they had uh, a much wider register, so more notes. Um, okay. than the bandonian has. The bandonian has fewer notes. So if you would think of a, a piano, for example, that is uh, this long and has this amount of keys, and the bandonian has this amount of keys. So the ones that are missing in the bandonian, I have to adapt and, and make them a bit oh, higher. I and I have to make that sound uh, in uh, balanced with the rest of the music and the harmony and the, and the lines. So... Uh, that's the only thing I have to do, but it's in very few places. So it's mostly quite uh, quite similar to the original. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, the, of but course, now... the only thing that's really different is the way of playing it, because there is no tradition of playing Bach on the Bandonian. There is yeah. some tradition of playing classical music on the accordion, because the, the accordion has become a concert instrument, a respected concert instrument, in the last few decades, uh, not not much before. Uh, but there are some great accordionists who are, who play classical music. So you can, as a bandonianist, you can more or less get some inspiration from them. But then again, this, the way that the sound is produced and the quality of the sound is so different that you have to find your own way to to make them, to interpret them. But do you also teach now um, bandonian? No. You don't. So there's not. Think... It's not a Oh, okay. I don't teach at all. I haven't taught for 10 years. I used to be a teacher in when I lived in Holland uh, in, a, in a conservatory for mid-level. Uh, and I gave it up because um, I just wanted to concentrate on performing. And, and that's what I've done all the, in, for the past 10 years, just performing. And um, it's not that I don't like teaching, but I like performing so much more. And I can give so much more of myself performing yeah. that uh everything that that is not that is just taking away from that and then i won't give my full energy there will there for sure there are people who have great energy to teach and they will be better teachers because of that better teachers than than me uh it, i'm thinking about teaching uh a little bit later perhaps not now um because it really takes a lot of time and you need some tools to teach. You need some oh, yeah. pedagogic tools, I think, which uh, which I don't have. I don't have the the education to do that as oh, well. Of course, I have a lot of information on how to do things specifically, um, but I would really need to concentrate a little bit and study a little bit, on, at least on my own, how to uh, how to teach and how to get the best out of a, of a student. So it's not something that I'm focused on right now. But are there many people who are interested in playing the bandonian? I have no idea, actually. It's for really? me it's so so strange that anybody would be interested in playing bandonian because it's such a difficult instrument to play and it's such a difficult instrument to get and to see. 
Uh, it's not like a piano or a violin, you know, you can be a piano or a violin or a guitar or a cello or a double bass or any of these uh, standard orchestra instruments. You can see them uh, all the time, but the bandonian is a really strange instrument. And when you see it, mostly it's uh, within tango music. That's why most bandonian players yeah. live in Argentina, because there's where the tango is uh, the most relevant in the world. Um, and if you are, if you live in Argentina, you probably know what a bandonian is, but otherwise you might not. Uh, most people, when they see a bandonian, they think it's an accordion and, and rightly so, because it looks like an accordion and sounds a little bit similar. Um, but, uh, it's not exactly the same as we discussed earlier. And, um, it's so difficult to get a, a bandonian. It's so difficult to get education in, in bandonian. So I'm sure there's, Plenty of people who like it and who think like, oh, it would be so nice to play a, a bandonian. But to really learn to play it, you need to dedicate so much time and so much effort. And it's so difficult in the beginning to learn to play a bandonian that you really need to absolutely love the bandonian to be able to learn it, I think. Well, maybe this is yeah, why there's not many people playing it. Yeah, it's, it's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Claudia, it's now so interesting. I, I just absolutely, and I, like I say, I follow you on Instagram. It's always so wonderful that you that you actually post these videos because, you know, it it gives you also an idea of what you're doing and, and what you're playing and the sound as well. But um, tell me, what are the wishes now for you for the future? What are your plans for for your music and and for what you're doing well uh i have many plans um but there is a, a general idea a general uh um how do you say the the, the purpose yeah that's the word yeah. i'm looking for the general purpose um that i have with music it's um it's never changing so uh i can have as many projects as I want, but uh, the idea is that I just want to share music with uh, with the whole world, with as much people as possible. That's one of the reasons why I became so active in social media, because I saw in social media an opportunity to uh, get music to so many different people in the world who yeah. might not know about the Bandonian, or might not know classical music, or might not know different types of music, and uh, that's why I'm I'm so active and I investigated so much uh, how to how to have some success in social media. So I'm constantly um, improving on that and I'm constantly thinking what um, what would people like to hear, what would uh, connect more with people. And of course, it has to be absolutely in alignment with what I want, with what I like, with what um, values I want to communicate through music. And um, so the basic idea is that music um, music was for me and is for me such an important part of my life because of so many reasons. Um, it's a way of communicating with other people. It's a way of uh, communicating in a nonverbal way, but in a very direct way way through emotions uh through consciousness and um it has affected my life so positively and it has taken me out of so many negative uh moments and places in my life um that i think it would be such a great opportunity for so many people to to use music 
as uh, as a tool to get through many things in life and um yeah. and uh there's so many so many things i could talk about that uh but in basis in general that's my idea that's what i want i want to share this beautiful music i want to share this music that transmits and connects with people and i want people to be positively affected or even transformed uh by music so i want to reach as many people as possible with my music with the music i play which is not necessarily my own music but music of other people uh and all my projects will um have this as a, as a base and um the objective is going to be that the goal is going to be that um and i'm going to shape them uh through that lens so I have to love the music and I want the people to fall in love with the music. I want them to have a, a transcendent moment in their life when they listen to it. And sometimes that moment is just a few seconds when they see a reel on Instagram. Or yeah. sometimes it's a, much, a, a deep uh, moment that they spend in a concert hall. But maybe this reel on Instagram makes them want to go to a concert hall. Not necessarily in my own concert, but somebody else's concert. And maybe yeah. they're touched by it. Maybe it changes their life. I don't know. Uh, so this is my my main goal, and this is probably what um, will continue for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Apart from my um, wish of becoming better all the time in that, so that's a kind of a human quality I think that we all need in a way or another. If uh, otherwise we become static, we become bored, yeah. we become. Um, frustrated uh because there's nothing that we're really achieving there we're staying in the same place we're not going forward and i think people humans are uh, meant to move forward all the time in different areas of their life so music is my pillar in from which everything stems and i want to give this as an example to people amazing i mean this this really is such a wonderful um wish and I, I it's I can I can so uh, totally understand what you're saying because I really feel that so strongly about this that um people should be more exposed to music and to all forms of art and I think children as well you know because children um at the moment there's so much emphasis on on academic uh, studies and and um you know, on on sciences and maths, and it's also very important. But I also think music and art um, needs to be more available and for children as well, so that they could get the opportunity and experience it, and also get the opportunity to express themselves. And I think this overall, um, you know, they they will be the future audiences as well. So. Um, I think you hundred percent. I think you you um you, you have the a wonderful wish to to uh, you know to spread your music and and like you said that the love that you have for the music will be what people also feel. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's that's um, a very powerful uh, emotion, and uh, if mm -hmm. you can make somebody fall in love with uh, with music, uh, maybe they. Yeah. Can experience that and translate it into other areas of their life as well. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you know, you you're talking about social media. I've I've also 
thought about how wonderful it is that we have social media to to be able to do that, that you have it as a tool, you know, yeah. to reach people. Uh, so, yeah, so there's there are many positives. I mean, look, I found you on social media, so that's <laughs> that's a great positive. <laughs> of course, I mean, everything is, um, uh, is, is the way that you see it. I mean, you can see yeah. different elements as good or bad, like a knife. You can do so many good things with a knife. Uh, you can cut yeah. your food and, and, and fix things and make a beautiful furniture or whatever. You can also kill someone with a knife. So it's um, yeah. it's the way that you see and use the tools you have. So social media can be absolutely destructive uh, for for people, exactly for people who are probably uh, lost in purpose or lost in thought or lost in concentration or discipline or whatever. Um, but at the same time, it can give you so many good things. I get so much good things out of social media. I'm not a big consumer of social media. I'm a, a big creator in social media. Yeah. So I spend my time yeah. on social media creating and posting. Um, but when I consume uh, my feed, uh, when you see the search part in Instagram, for example, my feed is full of beautiful things that I yeah. get to know. Beautiful music, beautiful art, beautiful architecture, beautiful nature, beautiful places in the world. And, and sometimes I really learn something new. Well, actually, I learn something new practically exactly. every day just by yeah. seeing some posts. Yeah. And I getting totally, to know yeah. a, a, a new interesting person around the world, which it, yeah. it's full. We're, we're bombarded. If you see the news, I don't see the news and I don't have a television. But if you see the news every day, you're bombarded with negativity yeah. every single day of your life. And this has happened since you're a child. And so the all the, the, the general... Things that are the general thoughts are negative. The world is uh, filled with hunger, with poverty, with violence, with uh, etc. But actually, what I see in my life and what I experience in my life is 99% positive, perhaps. Well, yeah. I don't know what the real percentage is, maybe less, I don't know, but it's much more positive. I think that humans are much more positive. Well, it's not uh, correct to say that, but I think that uh, the actions of humans in every day might tend to be a bit more positive than negative. I yeah. think so. If you see someone in need, normally you will want to help. So this is something positive instead of making more damage. So I like to tend towards uh, that uh, side, the optimist side, yeah. and, and not to the, towards the negative side. So I'm not a, a, of those people who say that social media and internet and technology is bad because uh, I exactly. think it, it makes us much better human beings if we know how to take advantage of it. Exactly. Now, I 100% agree with you. And I think it's the choice. You you can choose what you watch. Um, I mean, it's also you can choose where you go in the world. So you can exactly. also, in real life, you can go to places that are not so nice but you can also choose to go to places that are nice and i think it's yeah. the same as on social media exactly. you choose what you see and you you know you can choose who you follow and there's nothing that it's it's free you know yeah. it's a free world you can ha you can have your own choices so yeah i totally agree with you oh i absolutely love this this is uh, it's exactly my point of view i um i i totally agree with you there but uh claudia i, I just have one more question for you what do you yeah. do after a concert 
What do, do I drink, do after a concert? Yeah, do you drink a wine or a beer or do you go out for a meal? What do you do? <laughs> Normally, I go back to sleep <laughs> to the hotel <laughs> because I'm I uh, I have like um, a routine which uh, is very uh, dif difficult for me to break, which is that I wake up very early in the morning because I oh, go okay. I go uh, to to exercise early in the morning at five o'clock. Uh, I go running or oh, to wow. the gym, and uh, so if I go out, that's much harder to do in the morning. But I anyways do it. So mm -hmm. sometimes uh, in a few concerts, sometimes if if I'm surrounded by friends or by people I know, I might go for dinner, but uh, normally I don't. Normally I I don't eat late and um, and I don't drink alcohol late. I drink very little alcohol just in special locations. So uh, I go back home and uh, uh, the big moment for me is in the, on the stage. That's where magic really happens. It's kind of like a meditation. You go to a different uh, consciousness. I go to a different consciousness in, in a way. If, I, if I'm not too self-aware, sometimes it happens that you're performing and uh, something just distracts you or something happens that you're too self-aware of the situation. Uh, but what I strive for is, is to um, uh, really be connected with the with the moment, you know, that, that moment yeah special beautiful moment where music is happening uh it's, it didn't happen before it won't happen again it's just every moment of music and it all coordinates together and makes this impression on the people and on me and i get emotional on in it and it's such a um, such a big uh, uh it, i mean i spent so much energy there uh physical and emotional energy that afterwards i'm tired so I can go to sleep. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Normally. Okay. And hit the gym the next day. And hit the gym the next day, yes, yeah. or, or the or the street if I'm going to run. To run. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is very inspiring that you do that at five o'clock in the morning, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was out of necessity because um when my daughter was born, she's four years old now, now but when she was born uh i anyway didn't sleep so um oh yeah then, then it, i just started doing things earlier and then when, when she woke up when she started sleeping a little bit more and um and woke up a bit later as soon as she woke up then you couldn't really do anything anymore at home yeah. so you couldn't work you couldn't practice you couldn't do anything so i had to wake up early in order to get things done before that and ever since then it just has become a, a a routine for me. I mean, now she sleeps very well and she goes to school, so I have lots of time in the day to work. But anyways, I uh, I wake up very early and, and do other get other things done. Okay, but wait till she eats her twenties. Then you can then you'll stay up late worrying where she is. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably I will. Yeah. I know the feeling. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, there's still some time for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, of course, yeah. But uh, Claudia, have a wonderful um, day, and and thank you so thanks. much for your time. This was such a wonderful interview, and and uh, I'm really uh, so happy that we got to talk, and thank you. Thank that you I so much. that I understand now something more about the Bandonian. And please mm -hmm. let me know when you come to Vienna. 
um maybe yeah. we could, you have time we could meet in person have a coffee yeah 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 that would be lovely would be great yeah thank you so much and i hope to see you soon yes me too thanks so much okay. for the invitation it was lovely speaking with you it was lovely for me too thank you claudio bye 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 thank you bye